Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So there's this moment in the movie Lion King that always makes me giggle, and it's where the hyena shivers every time anybody says the name Mufasa. And that is how I feel. Anytime anybody says the name Karl Marx, I just I just get a little shiver down my spine. So we have talked in other episodes about socialism and how much havoc it's wreaked on the world. And we've also talked to a lot of people that we consider heroes. Today, I want to take a little bit of a spin and I want to talk about something we don't like so much, socialism, and someone who I don't think is a hero at all, Karl Marx. So to start off, Connor, what do you know about Karl Marx? Who is this person? Okay, so Karl Marx, uh, he lived in the 1800s, and he was born in Germany. He was kind of a like a well-rounded kind of guy, I guess you can say. He was, you know, he studied philosophy, he studied history, he studied uh, economics. Well, and, yeah, <laughs> we'll get uh, into that. <laughs> yeah, a, a different uh, perspective, shall we say, on economics. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he moved, I think he lived in uh, London at one point. He kind of moved around and he's best known for when he was 30 years old. So he's kind of a young guy. He wrote a pamphlet called the Communist Manifesto. And then he wrote uh, this kind of series of books called Das Kapital. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah where, he, where he kind of expands on these ideas. And, and so Karl Marx, if, think of him this way. So he, he's the guy behind what's now called Marxism. He's the guy behind communism. And so when you think of all the different communist regimes or countries throughout world history over the past uh, century or so, they all owe their atrocities. <laughs> they all owe their horrible things they've done to the ideas that this guy Karl Marx thought of uh, in the mid-1800s uh, in Europe, talking about how basically, you know, the the people should rule everything and there should be common ownership. And workers specifically, right? Not even just people, that the workers True. of the world. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The workers that they're the responsible for building the economy. So they should own companies. No one should be allowed to own property and we should abolish. I mean, even like the private family, they, they uh, yep. for a time, Marxism believed that uh, mothers and fathers quote unquote, owning their children or having children was capitalist and that in a Marxist world, we needed to abolish parenthood and that children needed to be raised in common, basically in orphanages by many people rather than being raised by mom and dad. Because, so kind of like it takes a village, but literally it would take yeah, a village. Yeah. <laughs> or on, only a village is allowed rather than <laughs> it takes a village. And so uh, this was a Marxist idea for a time until they had to walk away from it because it was so toxic and causing problems in Russia. So we could say a lot about Karl Marx, but we'll start there and, and kick it back to you, Brittany. Yeah. So so the first thing that I think is really important, this is the enemy of capitalism. And we've talked about capitalism in here and in, in free markets as being very good, helping people get out of poverty, helping people you know, find their destiny and creating value for the world. So we've talked about this a lot. So this must strike the listeners as pretty crazy then that here is a man who not only like hates capitalism, but has done more to kind of damage its, its reputation in the world even today. And it's funny, if, if you do choose to go to college, college, he becomes kind of a hero on college campuses. And it's it's very weird to me. So in my school, my college, and I went for a brief time, 
we had a Marxist club that was the biggest club on our college campuses. And they were the scariest people. They were not nice. They were always mean. They were always trying to, you know, knock on capitalism. But what's so funny to me is that the only reason that Marx was able to write the Communist Manifesto is because he had a wealthy capitalist paying for him while he was writing it. So that's one of my favorite things. His name was Frederick Ingalls. But that just gets me because I'm like, wait a second. The only reason you were able to not have a job and write this book is because you were benefiting from capitalism. That's when I... I, I laugh, Brittany, when I see protests against capitalism and people using like cell phones and Twitter yes. and, you know, email to coordinate. And <laughs> like even, you know, uh, we we a little while back had a socialist magazine. Some people will remember this. We had a, a magazine of, of like a pro-socialism magazine saying government is great and, you know, companies are awful and Jeff Bezos is evil because he makes all kinds of money and so forth. This this magazine called Current Affairs, they wrote kind of a, a hit piece against That's the right. Republican. They attacked what we're doing. They made their own silly cartoons. They said how stupid it is that we're teaching kids these ideas. And what I find hilarious is I bought a copy of their magazine. They sold it for $10 for a single issue of their magazine. And and on their website, they they talk about, oh, buy all these things and we're selling all these things. I'm like, you guys are using capitalism to attack capitalism and and promote socialism like it's the most bizarre thing when you see these protesters or see people like this attacking the very thing that they're benefiting from just like Karl Marx did not only that but I'm always you know if they're wearing a Karl Marx or Che what is his name Gubera which is another another you know socialist out there a lot of these protesters will be wearing these shirts and I'm thinking where did you buy your t-shirt did you buy it from Amazon from Jeff Bezos company and it's it doesn't make any sense but but one reason I want to talk about Karl Marx one reason I thought this was so important is because of how special the world has kind of made him since his death. So in 2018, just a couple of years ago, he celebrated his 200th birthday and hundreds, if not thousands of people flocked to pay their respects. Newspapers like, uh, or even outlets like NPR uh, wrote these things celebrating his legacy. And you're thinking, wait a second, socialism has not only, you know, thrown people into poverty, but people have also died because this is an ideology that puts the state above everything else. So if your allegiance is not to the state, then you're gone, right? And we've seen this in, if you want to see the scariest history, you know, look at uh, Vladimir Lenin or all these people who just slaughtered people in masses and they were all adhering to this ideology. And the thing that really scares me is there is a magazine called Teen Vogue, which when I was a kid just used to give you like makeup advice and like, how do you know if a boy has a crush on you? Like it was very, very, you know, benign, no political view. Simple, Simple, right? Now they've come out (laughs) as pro-Karl Marxist. There have been articles on Teen Vogue talking about, you know, why you should be reading Karl Marx, why Karl Marx is cool. And this is something that I think is very scary when we start not only saying like this guy wasn't as bad, but not but saying he was cool. He was awesome. We should want to be this way because that, that's just not the case. Karl, Karl Marx is responsible for a lot of evil in this world. And so that was one reason I thought it's important to talk about this, because this is not a man we want to emulate our lives after. Yeah, I remember seeing an opinion article, an article someone wrote for the New York Times, and the title said, for the 200th anniversary, so this was a couple of years ago, as you mentioned, uh, happy birthday, Karl Marx, you were right. And then oh, yeah. going to like explain, you know, from their perspective, why uh, they thought that uh, Karl Marx was right about things. And yeah, you, you see, you know, you see people who continue to advocate these same ideas, who, what, what's interesting about it, We've seen this with like Bernie Sanders when he was, you know, running for president, uh, a socialist uh, candidate, and uh, and and what they will always say is, oh no, the Russia under Lenin, you know, and and Italy, 
and Germany and Cuba and all these countries, North Korea, that's nothing like what I stand for. I, I don't stand for uh, socialism. I stand for democratic socialism, right? Ugh, yeah. <laughs> uh, socialism with confetti, as we like to call it, right? Like, and, and so they try and claim that theirs is different, that if we implemented everything that they believed in, it would be nothing like all those horrible regimes where tons of people were killed and died of starvation and conflict and suffering and violation of our rights. Oh, no, it would be nothing like that. It's totally different today. It's like, okay, come on. Like, it's the same ideas. They lead to the same you know, outcomes, they might be a little bit different, right? Because time has passed and things have changed a little bit or whatever, but largely speaking, it'd be the same. Like, what are we going to have next? Democratic communism? (laughs) I just want them to call it democratic tyranny. That's what I want to hear. Like, let's just call it what it is. (laughs) Which which is a synonym for democracy, right? That's democratic tyranny where people can weaponize government to to control their neighbors and say what they want to do. Oh, the 51% can do whatever they want. What's well, interesting uh, because I know we talked in another episode with uh, Larry Reed about why character matters and why it's so important to be a good person and emulate good values. The funny thing about Karl Marx is he was kind of a pretty terrible person. Uh, Richard Ebeling, who's a great historical author who writes at Fee, he writes at Mises, he writes at a ton of places. He wrote a really good article that I'll link that kind of talked about Marx as a man. And he was a pretty vindicative and vengeful person. He even fathered an illegitimate child and refused to acknowledge him as like his son. But this wow. part is really hilarious to me because if you ever met a Marxist on your college campus, they're always the smelly ones. And he also had terrible personal <laughs> hygiene. People didn't even want to be around him because his personal hygiene was so bad. And okay. I shouldn't be laughing at it, but I find it funny. So, <laughs> But we're laughing anyway. <laughs> and he was also kind of a backstabber. So here was a guy who, contrary to what you know, Larry Reed told us, was not a very good person in his his personal life at all. And so that makes me less inclined to want to listen to him, even aside from his bad ideas. Yeah, that's interesting. He he did, as you say, like very much uh, support uh, workers' rights. That's what communism was designed around. Like workers unite. We need to bring all the workers together and overthrow, you know, the chains of our oppression and the the employers who are you know paying us. We need to own these companies. We need to own these industries. And it's interesting because as he's advocating for this, right, this is like as the industrial revolution is taking off, you're having these massive factories and industries prop up, bringing amazing blessings to people's lives, right, of having crazy inventions, cheaper, their standard of living is going up because now all of a sudden they have access to, you know, different devices and, and creature comforts and products that they never did before because now we have kind of the industrial process. We have manufacturing. We have line workers, right, where 50 people could all be in an assembly line creating this amazing thing, whereas before, you know, one person would try and make the whole thing and it would take them forever. So you didn't really have kind of the mass production that is a, that we're very familiar with now today, right? That's like kind of just how our filthy capitalist world works. <laughs> We've even um, talked about how the mass production has helped made the world better. We've had a couple episodes on that. We talked about Henry Ford and one of them. So, I mean, these are not things that should be demonized. Absolutely. And so uh, Marx is coming on the scene right as the industrial era is just starting to hum, right? And so there's all these workers. And look, you know, some of the industries didn't have the best of conditions. And there were places that had child labor. You know, you'd have coal mines where you'd have, you know, young kids working in there. And that that's not great. No one thinks that that's a great outcome. But then you have Mark, uh, Karl Marx coming on the scene and saying, that's horrible. Therefore, it's all the, you know, greedy capitalists fault. 
and we need to overthrow them so that we can control everything and have it be ours. And, and it's basically trying to overthrow the Elon Musk's and, you know, Jeff Bezos and others in the world and assume that the workers uh, would have the ability. Like, uh, imagine if, you know, the entire corporate uh, structure of Amazon is blown away, right? If we have communism and we have no more Jeff Bezos or all the managers and all the directors and all the people in charge, and suddenly it's all the people working in the factories. Okay. There's a lot of Amazon factories around the world, right? And so it's now it's all the people, all the workers, the workers have united. They've overthrown their capitalist overlords at Amazon. So suddenly they're in charge. Do you think Amazon's going to survive? Right? Like, do you think you're going to continue to have same day shipping? <laughs> from Amazon? Do you think that, that the workers down on the line assembly, right down in the factory or the, the building, are going to know how to do all the marketing and all the finances and all the logistics and all the corporate relationships and all the customer service and all the strategic planning and investment in other countries and the legal policy and all the other things that go into it that kind of the higher executives in the company have to deal with to make sure that the quote unquote workers, I mean, frankly, they're all workers, right? But that the, the workers in the factory or the, the delivery fulfillment center, you know, that they even have a job right? Like it's the fact that these, these higher level people can figure out a way to create a sustainable company and generate revenue and find customers so that we can even hire people in a factory to build the little widget. And oftentimes, especially in other countries, like we look at it and like, oh my gosh, look at the working conditions in China. They're so horrible in the factory. These people work forever. Well, you know what? Before that factory opened up, those people were making like a 10th of that and they were starving. Like they're competing, they're, they're, they're clawing their way into those jobs. For us, the standard of living is different. We look at it like, oh my gosh, they have to work so long and they're working so hard. And, and yeah, like that's true in comparison. But in comparison to what their lives were, it's a huge upgrade. And that allows these people to earn money, save money, build a better life, go up the kind of the greedy capitalist, you know, <laughs> standard of living and improve their life. And so I mean, I just think Karl Marx had it all wrong because he didn't understand how economies actually work, how how incentives actually work, and why capital, why employers, why investors are needed. They're not horrible people. They're not the overlords, right? They're the reason why the workers even have a job to begin with. I think even further than that is he also was a kind of an enemy to individualism. I want to quote something from Richard Ebeling's article where he says, under Marxist beliefs, your personal beliefs, your personal beliefs, dreams, and values were meaningless and irrelevant. Your outlooks and outcomes on life were the product of your class status. So everything was based around if you were in something called the bourgeoisie, right? That's like a, how do you define the bourgeoisie? Because everyone says bougie now. That's like a, a trendy term. But that would have been like the middle class, right? Right. Yeah. If I to understand it correctly, so like the middle class, he was kind of against. So everything was a class, a class war. You know, you, you, the rich were were terrible. The middle class was terrible. Everybody needed to be workers. So I think just the 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 disregard for individualism, which we've talked about so many times, is what makes Karl Marx such a you know demonic figure throughout history. If I'm being so blunt, yeah, um, definitely something to learn about because. He's coming back in vogue yeah. <laughs> and, and, and not just in vogue, like the saying he's literally in vogue, as you pointed out. Right? <laughs> that he's was a good one, Connor. That was thank good. You. Thank <laughs> you. I just had to explain it to make sure that everyone got it. So, you know, but but it's true. Like if you look at polls among young people, especially there's been an alarming rise of people in America who say they support communism. And I'm like, you 
pardon my you know french for this pod family friendly podcast but you idiots <laughs> you know like what what in the world are you supporting as yep. you said it's like seeing kids with che guevara shirts i'm mm -hmm. like do you even know what that guy did in cuba do you know how how brutal of a dictator he was and here you are you know pumping your fist in the air and wearing a shirt because you think it's cool like we need to learn about this stuff and the more you learn about Karl marx i think the scarier it is to see how influential this guy has been in some of these countries in the 20th century decades ago but also how popular he remains so we have to understand this stuff so we know how to defend against it and how to counteract it because there's a lot of people especially young people who are being seduced by socialism and thinking that marxism is cool and uh you know we've got our work cut out for us yes so we do head to tuttletwins.com podcast we'll link to that article uh that Brittany mentioned as well as one or two more pieces of information for you on Karl marx so that you guys can start studying and getting prepared to fight against marxism which is just as infectious today as it ever mm -hmm. has been until next time Brittany, we'll talk to you later talk to you later you've been listening to the way the world works make sure your family is subscribed and check out tuttletwins.com for more awesome content